Welcome into the Creed of Crypto podcast, where we provide immersive, essential, and evergreen strategies for the novice cryptocurrency investor. How you doing? I am one half of your hosts, ETH Moon. I have Crypto Ewok here with me today as well. We're going to get to a lot today. We had a new CPI number coming out over 9% from the Fed today, which was higher than a lot of people expected. What is going to be the fallout of that? Where do we see the markets here heading for the rest of July and for the rest of 2022? Before we get into that, let's welcome in our co-host, fresh off of our uh, slightly sloshed episode a couple of weeks ago, or about a week and a half ago. It is Crypto Ewok. Ewok, are you clean and sober today? Yes, I am clean and sober today. Uh, thanks for having me and introducing me and all that good stuff. And it's good to be here. Uh, what are we about halfway through the bear? I well, uh, you, you know, if you, I, <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I guess it depends on what your definition of when it started. You know, it's a funny thing because we've talked about this before, and I'll mention too. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Creed of Crypto. Simple as that. You can follow Ewok at. It is just at Crypto Ewok, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Crypto Ewok on on Twitter, YouTube. So I don't like, have many videos on YouTube, but that's where I'm at. Well, you know, it, it does make me think, because and we talked about this, um, I think, a little bit last week, maybe even the week before that. But you, d I know you're kind of making a joke, but like talking about, you know, what are we halfway through the bear? That It really goes to show you that like the definitions of bull and bear markets are really all about like what is the time you're looking at? You know, if you're looking at the history of Bitcoin and um, some of your favorite cryptocurrencies were, you know, in a, a permanent so it would seem bull market. If you're looking at November 2021 to now, uh, obviously you're looking at a bear market. So it really all is about time. But in the sense that you're talking about, obviously, Ewok and what most people would be referring to, we're talking about like the classical, <laughs> as much as you can call something classical for a market that's been around about 12 years, um, bear market within Bitcoin. And as I mentioned, 2021, November of 2021, we hit the 69K been a steady drop since then we've had some nasty red candles along the way i think of december january um i don't even remember may obviously we had a big one and then another one here i think back june. in june yeah, yeah yeah a couple big ones in a row yeah and maybe on the precipice of the last ish leg down so yeah what what do you consider to be the start of a bear market i guess i'll ask you in general and also this one specifically is it are you marking it like when we lost the top or are you are you thinking like whenever um you know maybe looking at some charting and stuff whenever we lost a certain moving average was it evident that we were in a new space or something like that when do you actually consider like the start of the quote-unquote bear um, I think the start of the bear happens when you when you top out when you follow that fall out of that parabola um, and start your downward turn. Now, a lot of traditional markets and folks like that, they say it has to be down what over 15% to trigger maybe it's more than that, to trigger the words bear market in the traditional markets like the, the Dow and the S&P things like that. Um, but if you if you take a look, um, you know, at the Dow, it started its downturn um, right around January. It probably topped out. Mm -hmm. So and, you know, you heard Richard say the other day that Bitcoin follows 
the Dow. You know, your stock markets and Bitcoin are heavily correlated. And then obviously the rest of crypto is correlated with Bitcoin. So it's all kind of tied back to the actual stock markets. Um, you know, we, we've always said, though, Hex is a little different. Uh, this time, not so much. Uh, but it is heavily heavily decorrelated because of the, the the most trading pairs are with USDC and not with Ethereum. However, with everything else falling, you know, it kind of came along for the ride this time. But if you were listening to his uh, stream the other day, he said that it could decouple after this after this market turn. So we shall see. And I want to get to that. We're definitely going to get into that later. And I'm glad you already mentioned that specific point because um, you are not the only person that I've heard bring that up, actually, that he did mention that if you were listening closely. Um, and I want to mention, too, you were talking about the Dow right there. I'm just looking at the chart of the S&P 500, which I think is really important to do because we are seeing how um, – correlated Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is to the classical markets now. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's hard to deny it really at this point. But what we do see with Bitcoin, as well as with, you know, some of your tech stocks and stuff like that, Bitcoin really tends to outpace the classical markets, not only in price appreciation, but also in the direction the markets are going. So like, I'm looking at the S&P 500 chart, it actually looked like we topped actually more so end of 2021, December 29th, uh, 4793. It looks like we hit 4793 again in January, actually, even. So um, that's the S&P 500, whereas Bitcoin had already hit what we now know was its top in November of 2021. So almost about a two right. month, you know, six week, eight week um, in advance. Delay. Exactly. Yep. Yes, yes. So um, and now, you know, a lot of people and you know, you mentioned Richard earlier, obviously talking about Richard Hart, the creator of Hex. He was one of the people calling a while ago for Bitcoin to take that 85 ish or so percent plunge down to around 11k. Um, we've heard other people talk about it. We have not obviously gotten there yet. Uh, we dip below 20k. We got down to about 17 and a half. Now we've been drifting up above that 19, 20, 21, 22 the last week or so. And now with the news today, uh, you know we knew that we were going to get a CPI update, uh, what the inflation rate is according to the Fed, and it actually ended up being a higher number than many people were guessing and forecasting. We, we figured it was going to be bearish no matter what. I mean, we figured it would be a high number uh, that would influence the market just because people you know, trade off that shit for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, but it comes out today, 9.1%, the highest it's been in its history. Obviously, we all believe that inflation generally is higher than that number. But um, taking this news into account, even slightly more bearish than we would have expected um, in terms of how people should react, what do you think this will mean for the crypto market? You can talk about both markets, really. But and uh, and the next few weeks, what do you think the immediate reaction will be here? Well, in all actuality, I think the Fed exaggerates the truth with the rest of the government. Uh, I think it's probably, in realistic terms, probably closer to 11 or 14 percent. Um, they're you know, saying the average household spends over $450 a month more than what they did this time last year. So um, I, I honestly think it's even higher than, than nine um, and, and, and I think they're going to raise the interest rates another three quarter percent probably on the next on the next go around. 
uh, hopefully that puts a halt to it. Hopefully it doesn't also put us into a major recession at the same time. So um, just some interesting things. We'll see how it plays out, but it, it's going to get, it's going to get ugly, I think. And, you know, the majority of the people have not felt that massive pain of the market cycle yet. Um, you also have about 140,000 coins coming out from Mount Gox. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that could alone trigger that $10,000 bottom. Once, once people start selling, those people have been in the market since Bitcoin was about an average of $350 or so. Right. Um, those ones that are being returned at this point. So even at 20 grand, they're still in massive profits. They're going to want their money. It's been a long time. Um, they're going to want to sell. I, I, I just, I see some hard, massive pain coming. Um, and we'll know it when we see it. It's going to dip and people are going to be in disbelief. And um, that's when we'll know we're getting close. Well, if you listen to this podcast and if you are Ewok or I, at least for the last few weeks anyway, um, you know, we have been kind of targeting that mid-teens to low-teens area for Bitcoin to bottom at pr probably, I think, multiple times over the course of 2022. Now that we're in the pattern that we are, I think we will see it this month, uh, maybe heading into the end of July. I think we may see it again by the time we get into September after maybe a relief rally for a little while. And then maybe again, kind of the final leg back down or just revisiting those mid-teen prices or so in November, um, which I know you and I have kind of agreed upon in the past. And that maybe when we maybe shake sideways for a while and kind of break out of the downtrend after November of this year. Um, but I want, you know, so you just mentioned Mount Gox. So this is a really interesting thing that's happening later this year. And, you know, a lot of listeners to this program and just, you know, followers of crypto in general may have no idea what the hell Mount Gox is, um, what that disaster was. Um, and it's funny to think, even though it really wasn't that long ago that all of this went down, um, it seems so far like a whole other generation of cryptocurrency investors. And in a way, it was. Um, oh, it was. Yeah. I mean, really just Bitcoin investors, I should say, back then. Can you, Ewok... Since um, you know you've been in the markets even longer than I have, and you have a, a good idea of this history, and I, what I know of the Mount Gox story was actually from when I watched the documentary, um, "The Rise and Rise of Bitcoin," which is on YouTube. Uh, very, very cool. It's uh, mainly about a couple of guys based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that were mining Bitcoin uh, way back when. Um, mm -hmm. But tell us a little bit about what Mount Gox was, and what happened to the people that were affiliated with the platform and what we're seeing, I think it's going to be in September with the remaining Bitcoin uh, being returned to these folks. Yeah. I mean, they're claiming August, but you know, okay. they, they never do anything on time in, in Japan. So, uh, yeah. so Mt. Gox was a Japanese exchange. Um, and at that time, Bitcoin was really the only cryptocurrency um, that you could really buy on that platform. Um, I had read an article over the course of them opening their doors for, for service for Bitcoin exchange um, until the major hack that we're talking about happened. Um, there was over 700,000 Bitcoin that has gone missing. Um, however, <clears throat> there, there was a major hack. I believe it was 2013 uh, is when it happened. And 
there was over one hundred and forty thousand dollars or one hundred and forty thousand Bitcoin stolen um, at that point. That is the funds that are finally being paid back to those investors. Uh, at that time, they had you know filed lawsuits and things like that against this company. Um, and after all these years and years of court battle and legal legal issues, things like that, they're finally releasing these coins to, uh, to those people. However, like I said, other than what they're giving back, there's another 600,000 Bitcoin missing somewhere um, from, from all of this. So that goes to show you how early it was. The technology was, you know still they were learning it and people figured out how to to hack the exchange uh, for quite quite a bit of money well you know at that time it was still a lot of money but now it's billions and billions of dollars so yeah back then it was just a few million probably and you know i think you hit the nail on the head with what you said earlier i mean we like to live in this divine world where we think like oh yeah all these people that are getting their bitcoin back are going to be hodlers and you know (laughs) wait to see where it goes and they're in it for the long haul. There is no, I mean, the majority of these people, one would think, are going to cash out an overwhelming majority of the coins that they have because yep. the the price appreciation in the time, you know, it's funny. I heard um, our friend who I know you've actually met before, uh, Dollar Cost Crypto, Miguel, um, who's a big time hexican and uh, amongst other things, um, mm-hmm. you can find him on YouTube at Dollar Cost Crypto. Um he, uh, it was kind of funny. Um, he was talking about like how some of these Mount Gox folks were forced into a hex style stake almost <laughs> with their. <clears throat> I did Bitcoin. hear him say that. Yep, I heard him say that. It's almost like they had a a, a ten year locked hex stake. Um, right. They were forced into holding it and gaining the appreciation because yeah, yeah, you're right. Most people from back in the day did not hold on to it that long. They saw the first rise or two. Uh, in price and they sold before it did a 6.5 million X had you been in from the beginning, you know? Right. So it's crazy to think that it was kind of maybe crappy for them at the time, but you know, the money that they're getting back now for just waiting for as long as they did uh, is, is going to be pretty life-changing for, for a lot of those people. Yeah, it's a weird, if you're one of those people, it's a weird dichotomy because obviously you're pissed, I mean, that that happened to you back at that time. But, you know, there there's no way any of these people would have held these for this long, you know. Um, Not likely. You know, and, you know, it all depends on, there's no point really talking about this, I guess, but it all depends on, like, what those individuals' lives are like. You know, if somebody passes away, obviously, you kind of wish you had the money. Uh, but um, there's there's all kinds of different scenarios. So really interesting. Do you, do you think that it will have that level of effect? I know a lot of people are talking about this, and I do kind of feel like people are put fighting it into a kind of uh, death wish for the market that I don't know that it will really end up being. But how bad do you think that it'll really dunk on the markets? I mean, like, do you think that alone could sink the price, you know, down into that 11K region? I mean, I I feel like it's just another story amongst many bad, bad macro stories that are going on that, yeah, will definitely help pull the price down. Um, so 140,000 at $20,000 is, you know, $2.8 billion. Right. Um, if it all hits the market at about the same time, which who knows, it may not, 
you, you know, it could, it could be spread out over time. Um, it in itself, it won't trigger that $11,000 bottom, but what it will do is it'll drop it enough to trigger some liquidations. Right. Um, that in itself will be what causes probably the, the, the $10,000 bottom, um, right around there if it, you know, and it could go lower too, depending on how many liquidations happen. Um, but, but I think the combination of the two events, you know, those coming up for sale and once it dumps down to a certain price, other liquidations being hit, which in turn makes you sell at a lower price because, you know, obviously your loan got liquidated. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a combination effect, um, kind of like a, a snowball rolling down a hill, just gaining speed kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And kind of refocusing a little bit back on the short term. So again, we already mentioned the CPI announcement today, 9.1%. Um, I have been a big fan and mentioned it a lot of times on this podcast to the creator of the 60 day cycles, um, who is Bob Lucas, who you can find on Twitter, I think just at Bob Lucas, he has a great YouTube channel as well, where he occasionally posts some Bitcoin stuff. Um, He's affiliated with Bitcoin Live. But I'm a big fan of his looking at things in the 60 day cycles. And, you know, looking at the fact that we're in this bearish trend, we're in a longer term bearish trend right now, we should be lining up for the end. We, we are getting right towards the end of a 60-day cycle right now. In July, we have the CPI announcement um, kind of being coordinated with that timing. So we should be seeing a cycle low here as we get to the end of the cycle, um, which is something that a lot of smart people, I think, that are watching the market and not thinking every single time we pump back up above 20, all of a sudden we're going to the moon again or some moronic. <laughs> I keep seeing that and I just cannot believe it's real. But, uh, you know, I, I think we are headed there. Um, what do you think for the rest of July, Ewok? What do you think as we get into August? And then I'll just give you my outlay real quick just to, to um, preface this. So I, I think I already kind of mentioned this earlier, but I think we're going to see... We're ending a 60-day cycle now, which would mean we're going to be ending another likely down 60-day cycle sometime in mid to late September, and then probably a third one in mid to late November before, depending upon how low we go, could be more extended sideways action or maybe a slow crawl after that. Um, do you think we're going to look get something that looks like that? Because I think we're going to have multiple cracks at the quote-unquote bottom. Um, I hate calling a bottom i hate people try to find a bottom i think it's a myth you can't do that you can't exactly time it but i think you're going to get multiple cracks around that area a few times throughout the rest of this year i guess right the end of the fall what are your thoughts on that what do you think we're going to look like here as we get through november well i think it really depends on what the order books look like um if there's a bunch of limit orders set for in that vicinity between 10 and eleven thousand dollars I don't think it sits there very long. Mm. However, if it does trigger those those buys at that price, it could chop sideways back up at, you know, once it does hit bottom 12, 13K for a little while until people realize, yeah, that that probably was it. Mm. Um, and like you said, timing the actual bottom is very, very improbable. Um and so hard to do 
don't even try. That's why we we dollar cost average in at, at those at those levels when you set percentages. That way, you know you've hit something and um, you're getting one of the better options. And if you set a, a limit order that's too low and never gets filled, then so be it. You can rebuy back in. You know, after a bit of time, and we start to see movement back up. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you one other thing, and I'm seeing this today. You know, I, I think we have hopefully seen, I, and I only say hopefully because I'm sick of hearing about it, but I think we have maybe seen the last of some of these centralized um, platform lending platforms go up in flames. Um, we, so we've seen uh, Three Arrows Capital. We've seen uh, Voyager. We've seen Celsius. I just saw the news that Celsius looks like it's filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Um it looks like they've paid off most of the debt that they have owed. But, you know, we've harped on this subject with these kind of platforms a lot lately. We wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. We wouldn't encourage anybody to touch them with a 10-foot pole, regardless of how long they've been, you know, successful or who the names are behind them. In large part, these people are not crypto people. They are people that are venture capitalists that come from the classical financial markets and are not about DeFi and are not about the actual purposes of crypto. The whole point of this is to get away from banks, you know, having other people control your money. That is the point of crypto, okay? And do you think that after all of these, all this carnage is left from these companies, um, as this bear trend uh, slowly peters out and as we get maybe into 2023 to 2024 and we prepare for what we think will be another great bull run when the market really comes back and things really start to look good again do you think companies like this are going to exist anymore i mean do you, maybe they'll exist like you're always going to have scam type companies out there that you know are insolvent in actuality but do you think that at least market participants that are investing in crypto will be that much wiser to that kind of game. And maybe they just won't be able to get the customers on their platforms because this has been such, such an epic downfall and we've seen yeah. so many successes in DeFi. <laughs> Do you think it even comes back? Do you think we'll even see platforms like that again? Well, so the, the bull market of 2017 showed us a lot of different lending platforms. Um, the BitConnects, the USI Techs, the Hextra Coin, the uh, I forget there was like twelve of them anyway. When they all died, and then on this bull market, you saw it as a different entity where these bigger companies jumped in and said, "Well, we can do this," um, and, and then they overleveraged themselves, and it was essentially just another um, high value Ponzi. Um, you know, I don't know that these ones will exist, but there will always be something like that. Uh, because you figure when, when, when people get out and lose their money, a lot of times they don't come back. So right. each bull run, you're going to find different market participants who may not be educated on the, not your keys, not your crypto. Don't give money to the middlemen. Um, you know, never give up your coins things like that it takes them a lot of hard lessons learned if they stick around um so you know 
each each market cycle is a little bit different. So it's really going to be hard to say. I'm sure something like this will reemerge. Um, I did see that the value uh, Celsius, yes, they filed for Chapter 11. However, they had um, $135 million worth of the stable ETH token um, that I don't know if you're familiar with the ST ETH coin. I've heard um, of it, yeah. So what it is essentially is all the people that locked up the money for um, when Ethereum goes to proof of stake, uh, their people locked up their their coins. And instead of the ETH that they locked up, they were awarded a stable ETH token uh, that was supposed to hold the same value um, because, you know, since they couldn't use it. Um, and then they would redeem it or whatever the case was. Um, but it's it, right now that stable ETH is at a 4% um, discount essentially over the price. Um, so you can buy them cheaper than what you can buy Ethereum for. And if they dump it, they're worried of, of you know, trying to make some people solvent again, make them whole on their loans. Um, I know they had some loans out with Aave. They had some loans out with uh, other platforms um, on top of it that they're still trying to, you know, make them whole as well. Um, so it, it could really put a, a damper on that stable ETH token. Um, and it's very similar to what's going on with the um, the Bitcoin, you know, the, shoot, what is it? Is it BlackRock? I think. Yes. Yeah. So they have their own derivative uh, and it's at right now at a 30% discount. So that's another thing we have to factor in too, is that until that discount goes away, the bear market won't end too. So there's going to be a, a bunch of things that kind of have to happen uh, for us to get out of this. Um, but back to your original question, and I'm sorry I strayed a little bit there, but um, I, I don't see these particular companies making it through. Um, but again, I do think there will be There'll be new ones. There always will be the ones you've really got to watch out for. Cockroaches and uh, centralized lending platforms. Yeah, there will always be there, I guess. Yeah, I, yep. and I, I do think you're right. I mean, like, you know, it's the exuberance of a bear market. You're going to see crazy weird stuff. You know, you're going to see pictures of apes uh, being valued at whatever they were valued at. Um I don't even know, but uh, yeah, you're going to see crazy stuff in bull markets, and that's going to be one of them. Is and you no, know, I think what what might deceive some people also with those platforms is like just because the guys are wearing suits and stuff like that, yeah, you know, and and aren't some of the weird crypto guys that we see out here, um, doesn't mean it's going to be reputable. It's matter, an I mean, artificial trust right. is what it is, right? Yep. And we see it in the classical markets all the time, and that's what pisses me off and should piss everybody off in crypto. When you hear about like the condescension from legacy markets and legacy medias and stuff like that, talking about crypto being uh, full of scams and all this, I mean, like the the regular financial market is ripe with the exact same thing, you know, likely per capita, you know, so um, it happens everywhere. Just because somebody cleans up well and has a nice suit and everything and is a good talker and all that stuff doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the, the, back to my point about DeFi, the whole point of crypto and, you know, with the invention of DeFi, that is what you want to be focusing on. You want to hold your private keys 
If yield is that important for you, find the way that you can do it for, you know, even it has to be a, a measly 6% or whatever it is, as long as you are controlling the keys, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, which does kind of lead me into what I wanted to touch on quickly. And, you know, we have talked about it a lot before, but I do think it is important to keep touching on security and precautions to be taking because we are in a bear market and, you know, people are panicking out there. Certainly nobody listens to this show, but uh, there are people panicking out there. And sometimes in the midst of that, you make dumb decisions. You trade at the wrong time or sell at the wrong time or whatever, maybe even buy at the wrong time. I think there's a lot of people out there like, you know, with uh, Moon Eyes, they're looking at a lot of alt, their favorite alts right now, buying right now, not realizing there's likely a lot more pain for the alts to be coming here. Yeah. Um, but I want to get your take, Ewok, you know, with how long you've been in crypto, I really want to hammer home some of our security points here. And I, I think people should be implored if you have any significant amount of your savings, your life savings, whatever it may be in cryptocurrency, I think you absolutely must have a an actual hardware wallet of some type. Um, you need to understand the importance of protecting the keys to that wallet or any wallet you have, whether it be a hot wallet like a MetaMask or Exodus or whatever it may be. Um, you, you need to take that stuff seriously. And if you could, Ewok, could you kind of run us through like some of the mistakes that you have seen that you think are pretty common and maybe people would not think of so commonly um, when trying to protect your own keys, maybe in terms of backing it up incorrectly? What are some mistakes you think people make out there or little little things they need to keep in mind when making sure that their private keys are at least to their knowledge without anything they've ever done accessible to anyone else. So over and above everything, that is the key is protecting those keys. Whether you have a hardware wallet, whether you have a MetaMask or a, a Exodus or any of those wallets, the key is protecting that seed phrase. Um, the biggest mistake is people giving them to the wrong people um saying they're from support uh, anybody in a in a chat room that messages you is nine out of ten times a scammer um probably higher than that nine and a half times out of ten um so that is the the, the top number one thing that you have to do is be secure with those keys don't connect to random links uh websites or anything like that that wants to connect to your wallet it's one of the easiest way um, to fish for your words to sign up uh, permission that you shouldn't have signed where it gives access to your wallet um, even if you think that you're on the right link if you catch a weird link and click on it to a site that you may have connected to before and someone fished you for a fake link um, and it asks you connect again, double check, just be extra careful with what you're connecting to, how you're um, managing the different websites. Uh, if I were you, I would really get a secure computer where all you do is your crypto on that. Don't check email. Don't do any Facebook, Twitter, any of the, the social media things. Um, you only do your crypto on that and that's it. Um, it's just one of the, the most secure ways to, to keep things away from. And if you can plug in your internet, don't even use wireless. You want to go to that extra step. 
So, yeah, I mean, those are just some of the basic pointers. But yeah, protect the seed words. Uh, don't give them to anybody ever, 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 ever. There is nobody that will need them for anything other than to take your money. That is definitely number so. one is protecting the seed words. And even I was even thinking of other kind of things that people may not think about. I think there's a lot of people that when they first get into crypto don't realize that like you shouldn't be typing those in at, at any point other than when you're first setting up your wallet or uh, re um, like authenticating your wallet after you, you're uh, re-recovering it or something like that after yeah. something may have happened or you get a new computer or something like that. You shouldn't be typing those into like a Word document that's no, labeled. Don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, don't email them to yourself. Don't right. keep them on a cloud device. Don't put them on um, a, a backup hard drive. Or, well, actually, yeah, I wouldn't even do that. Right. Write them down on paper, stamp them in steel, and put them in a safety deposit box or lock them up in your safe. I mean, that's technically one of the, the best things that you can do, those two options. But yeah, I mean, if you keep them on your phone, you take a screenshot of, of that image and it gets saved on the cloud, guess what? Someone has access and hacks your cloud, your money's gone. Uh, somebody does a, a SIM swap on your phone because they have a friend that works for AT&T and they can get access to your SIM card and clone it there goes your money. So there, there are so many things that can happen if you're not careful. Um, it, it's, it's a scary world and the scammers only get more sophisticated as time goes. I mean, things look real that you click on things. Um, they appear to be legitimate, but you know, if you're not comparing contract addresses, when you connect to something, there's, that's another thing. There's just, you know, we could spend hours on security alone, Right. Um, but but again, just use caution and then use caution on your caution. So, yeah. And something to pay attention to as well, I think, is um, in, in terms of the private keys, you know, th these things we're mentioning, like if you did at one time, put it on a hard drive and then realized it and removed it or something like that. We're not saying it's necessarily probable that you're going to get your stuff hacked or logged into in that way. But. It, it, it's not a good practice. And if you've ever done that, I would think it is safe just to consider your stuff compromised. And it's not that big of a deal. Just create a new wallet and move your funds there. That, that's that's really all you need to do. Just get a new wallet, move everything over. Um, and I I highly do recommend, and I know you do too, you walk at, you know, if you're able to afford it, which I don't know why you wouldn't be able to if you're in crypto, but Get yourself a ledger, get yourself a Trezor, um, whatever it may be. I prefer Trezor, but, you know, do your research, figure out what you want to do and uh, back your stuff up into a hardware wallet, I think is really important to do. So, And if you're going to get one of those, only get them from the factory. Don't yes. order it from Amazon or eBay or anything like that, because chances are somebody has already ordered it, opened it up, popped the seed words in, saved them, rewrapped it send it to you now guess what you're already compromised before you even put your funds on it yeah. so only from the factory if you're going to buy one of those devices don't don't get it on any other secondary market at all ever 
Yes, definitely very important to buy from the actual company itself. And also, you know, if you do want some other tips as far as how to back up your seed words, I mean, you know, you're encouraged right away, even by those hardware wallets to write them down, put them in a safe place, you can get them laminated. But there's so many things you can do. I would highly encourage people to just do Google searches for ways to um, back up seed words. And, you know, you will find... Um, sites dedicated to different uh, devices with different things that you can etch them into and stuff like that. There's many very cool and creative ways to do it um, that I would check out. Um, so definitely give that a Google and find out what you can do to back up your seed words. So um, let's move on, Ewok, to the second half of our program, which always consists of Hex and Pulse Chain updates. Uh, one of these times we're doing this show, it's not going to be Pulse Chain updates necessarily as much as Activity On the actual pulse chain but uh we had a new <laughs> stream from richard hart the other day um with uh what's the teen crypto girl called again or what's her name it's miss teen crypto miss teen crypto so there you go um so it was about a two hour uh ordeal there was a lot talked about there was a lot of um shiny stuff and a lot of uh the yeah. marketing that richard does but also some you already kind of alluded to it, Ewok, some potential news. But go ahead and, first off, give us your thoughts on Hex price, what you think it may do. I know you've already said you think it's pretty correlated to the rest of the market, it looks like, right now. Um, what do you think we're looking at the actual Hex price at the moment? And then we'll kind of move on to uh, the latest updates from Richard in regards to Pulse Chain. Well, currently on 7-13 of 2022, it's at point three. <clears throat> or I'm sorry, 3.6 cents. Um, you know, we're playing around with these support levels here pretty good. If everything else tanks a little bit, I could see us going down a little bit more, um, maybe 2.5 cents. I, I don't know how much further below that because I do know there are a massive amount of, of buy orders uh, set at one cent, two cent, two and a half cent, uh, three cent. So there's going to be a lot of support um, and there's really not a whole lot of hex for sale. If you look, um, this is the, this is the version. This is V2 account, but still it uh, looks like there's only almost $10 million, 10 million hex for sale. Um, so, you know, the, the liquidity is kind of thinning out. It, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't see it going a whole lot lower. Like I said, if we're lucky enough to get to two cents, people should buy it immediately. That equates to a one cent hex on each chain. Uh, once yeah. you get the split, if you can do it before Pulse Chain launches, you know, you're getting a one to one copy. The world's largest free airdrop is, is going to be pretty amazing. So th that's as far as price goes. I mean, it can't you beat a dead horse any more than you, you know we're chopping sideways pretty good here um and playing with the support levels but you know i'm not a ta person nor do i like to give financial advice on on a coin that i like so much because um I, I just i you know not we'll see what happens yeah, I think you're right, though. Yeah, that, that's some of the sentiment that I've heard is I think we'll probably see some more downside in the short term. But I mean, there isn't a lot lower, I think, Hex can really go. And obviously, um, it being so tied to updates of Pulse Chain and the launch of Pulse Chain eventually, that's going to just totally separate it from the rest of the market, which, of course, is becoming part of Richard's plan, you know, which also coincides, as we've already talked about with 
a lot of uh, major updates and rewriting the language that Pulse Chain is is built on. All yep. good ideas to absolutely perfect it before it comes out. But let's turn our attention a little bit to that latest stream. Um, what are some nuggets that you derived from it, Ewok? Uh, most importantly, the one you mentioned a little bit earlier about the price decoupling from the market and, and why. Yeah, um, he seemed to drop that in there. I don't know how many people caught it when they were watching, but um, he did say after this cycle, it could decouple from everything else. Uh, what that means, I, I don't know exactly, uh, but he always has said that with extreme price volatility and upside does come dips. Um, and on the way up on its first main rise, you know, Hex did several 65% dips. So um, that is not out of the question to happen again, even if it does decouple. Uh, but but what does it mean for the overall market? Well, who knows, really? I mean, could it go up into the right forever, um, minus those few, you know, dips in the game when people take profit? I, I think it could. I think this last cycle and the amount of selling that has happened has really transferred Hex into much more long-term hands. Um, you had a lot of whales take profit, which means one big seller. And then when you look at the buys, you have hundreds of buys to make up for that one seller. So now this next time that the market dips, it's going to be a lot harder for all of those people to coordinate a sell at the same time. So that could be the decoupling that he's talking about. And I, I you know, and I do think it's possible, you know, the more diamond handed people that you have um, that play the game properly with their stakes, make a staking ladder, scrape the yield off and restake the principal type of deal, um, the more decoupled it really could become. I mean, it, it, it makes sense when you think about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he meant by it. That was my interpretation. How about you? What did what did you think he meant? Well, I think I, I do think what you just said is right. I mean, to me, it's always made sense in general that Hex would not necessarily align with the rest of the market for what you kind of just said is the fact that it's, you know, a time deposit. You know, it's meant to be staked. Most people that are most people that are getting into hex and are already in hex and have been hex OGs are not just simply holding liquid hex. I mean, I think you would be wise to have some, obviously, because, you know, especially with what we've seen in the last few months, I mean, you, you could do some not necessarily short term, but mid to long term swings on it to kind of get yourself a little bit more hex. But um, yeah, I mean, the fact that it is meant to be staked, I think kind of would imply that you're going to get a, a certain amount of support in the price. Um, mm -hmm. and, and just the simple fact too, I mean, like, just look at the, just look at how it is obviously treated or not treated at all compared to the rest of the market. I mean, it's obviously the redheaded stepchild. It's not talked about on any of the major influence in crypto channels. Although I, I think I just heard BitBoy talking about something. Uh, I think I heard him talking about Richard Hart the other day. I think I saw, but, uh, I, well, you know, it was funny. His statement was, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I unapologetically love Richard Hart. Yeah. Isn't that kind of ironic how he said it that way? Uh, he says, yeah. I'm sorry, but then unapologetically loves right. Richard Hart. <laughs> yeah. So, right. you know, BitBoy's, he's, he's a smart dude. Um, 
you, you know, maybe not so much with price calls and market things, but no. he, he, um, he knows how to get reaction. Um, he knows how to, to get the interaction on Twitter, things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all for engagement purposes, retweets, things like that, comments and things always improve the algorithm. So yeah. anytime anybody mentions Hex, Richard Hart or, or Hexicans, you know, they're going to get engagement, whether they intend to or not, or they do it on purpose um, just to help themselves and their numbers. Yeah, and we are seeing more of that. I mean, some of the, I think it's been called like outrage marketing or whatever you want to call it, um, that Richard's been doing in the lead up to the documentary that we think should be out this year, obviously, yep. as well as the actual launch of Pulse Chain. I mean, we're getting, you're seeing more and more larger people, larger publications acknowledging Hex, acknowledging Richard Hart. Um, he was on Fox the other day. Not, not yep, Fox main, Money. Yeah, Fox yep, Money. Fox. I, I, I haven't watched that yet. Fill us in on what happened on that. I, I didn't really get to see it, but we, I'm assuming he was kind of defending uh, scam yeah. claims or something. Yeah, but. unfortunately, the guy asked totally the wrong questions. He got himself, he got his hands on an old article that was written over two years ago um, and just asked silly questions instead of, you know, the good things that you know richard donates 27 or raises 27 million dollars for charity and he's asked why is this called a ponzi kind of you know right so there's just a lot of things that i thought this interview could have done a lot better it wasn't very long it was maybe five and a half minutes long total uh it was just a a brief clip of uh, while he was talking about the, the the markets, he never once put the hex price uh, on screen. Maybe that's a good thing at this point in time, yeah. um, because they never really zoom out on the chart far enough to see. Well, yes, we're down ninety percent, but that really only takes ten x out of the equation, right? And we're up hundreds of x from the bottom, so mm -hmm. you know, we're really not that bad off as as far as things go in that way. So. You know, it yeah. was it was OK. It was OK. But just getting Richard's name out there, yeah. uh, more people heard about Hex. Maybe they'll go look at it. Who knows? I, it can't be bad. Any advertisement's good advertisement. I agree with you there. And we're seeing more and more of that. I think he's doing a really good job. You know, I, I think like any opinion of just it's just crazy how much he's able to get people just talking about the quality of person he is. Um, which is, it's just funny to me when that's not really as much the point with, with Hex, but, uh, it's interesting that there's so many people divided over what his personality is not being able to kind of see that. I don't know how much you really enjoy some of the stuff he does and the, the merchandise and all that stuff and versus how much of it is purely just for the engagement and for growing hex you know what i mean and right. when, when you realize that it's like I, I don't know that i'm necessarily seeing the real guy here you know what i mean like and i don't mean that in a bad way i do not mean that like you know he's a shill or lying or anything like that i just mean like i don't know how much he really loves like all this merch and everything it's it's obvious like flexing for the you know virality or whatever word i'm trying to say there um you know, for hex to grow. What well, I think he flat oh, out says he doesn't like to spend the money. He right. doesn't like to do it, but he realizes it works. Um, he said, so I'll continue to do it. And I have capital that I can. So, yeah. Um, 
you know, and meanwhile, before people get their panties in a bunch, um, all of the sacrifice money is still in those addresses. People, he's not spending your money. <laughs> yeah, I think he had plenty so, of money before all that. But yeah, when you so. see the real him, I think come out and who he really is, and even though he does it in an arrogant style, um, which may you know, I, I think is really him, but it also is a good tactic, I think, for you know people paying attention to him. Um, is when he talks about, you know, some of the calls he's made within crypto, his knowledge of what to do and what not to do in crypto, which I agree with him on 100%. Um, you know, it, to simply cast him off as a clown because of the the stuff you see in the clothes and the cars and stuff like that, and not see some of the other knowledge. And, you know, people, I, th- I really think people, I, I'm certain that most of them don't know how much of a bitcoin og he was i don't think they realized that he was mining back in the day i don't think they realized that he's been through all this stuff you know he bought at the quote-unquote top of 30 dollars back at that time he talked about all this in the Mm -hmm. most recent stream i think have people know how long he's been in the world of crypto and in bitcoin at the very beginning they'd probably have a little bit more respect for where he is he's not some fly-by-night guy that just came up with some new coin a couple of years ago so the ogs know it and it's one of the reasons they don't like him because they're threatened by him they know how smart he is they know he's right about a lot of things uh, but they're protecting their bags of bitcoin and that's why they give him so much grief i've seen it in chats i've seen it back and forth between bitcoin people um saying that we have we, we have to you know we have to get hex to zero I've seen it. They're 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 truly threatened by it. Um, when I don't know why. I mean, we can all get along. I, I think you know nobody's rooting. For, I'm not rooting for Bitcoin to go to zero. That'd be silly. Um, but you know, again, they know their technology is outdated. It's slow, um, but it doesn't stop making it the original OG of crypto. Um, it is what it is. It serves its purpose. Uh, as far as, you know, storage of, of, you know, storage of value. So who knows? But anyway, that's why the OGs, the OG Bitcoiners, they know how long he's been around. Um, And these newer people are just puppets of, of what they're, they've heard the, uh, the people that they follow that they really shouldn't be following. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they're just regurgitating what they've heard. So it's yeah. kind of like the hexagons. We regurgitate what Richard says, but here's the thing: ninety-five percent of the time, Richard's right. So, right, if not more, he doesn't usually say things that are are wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You need to vet these people, and you need to feel like you know who it is you're you're following and trust who it is you're following. And Richard's definitely earned a lot of that with the the viral community that he's created. It's a good community. Um. Lastly, you know, focusing on Paul's chain a little bit here, I don't know how much of a point there is trying to nail down a date or anything who, you know, it gets it gets kind of tiring to, to keep talking about that. But I think it's safe to say, um, and some people might think it's silly that I'm even saying this far out. But hey, I mean, there were people that were thinking it was going to be out like by the end of 2021 and stuff like that. So um, I, I, I think he obviously, he obviously wants everything to be good so there's not even a remote way of anything being hacked or any kind of security breaches once it's launched but i i think that can also get done while we're in the midst of a bearish market anyway so sure. I, I think i mean we both think it'll still be by the end of the year um 
But, I mean, what's to say? I, I can't imagine it would be this long. But again, some of us couldn't even imagine it would have been this long. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we'll be in a bearish trend or at least not in an, an exciting market in the greater crypto market until maybe as late as mid-2023. I, you know, I think it could could go that long. And I'm not saying like be, be bear market till then, but just kind of slowly coming up above it and getting some life support going and stuff by then. Um, so is the window that big? I mean, could it still be within a calendar year? Could it really still be that far out? Or am I smoking something and there's no way it's going to be until like June of 2023? So are you talking the bottom of the market or actually Pulse, Pulse chain. chain launching? Pulse um, chain. I, I don't think, uh, no, I, I don't think it'll be that long. I think it's close <clears throat> already. I think there are some things that are security threats that they're working on fixing. Um, I think also it will be very close to when the highest stakes comes out. Yeah. Um, I, I, let's let's time it all. Let's make a perfect bottom um, and take off. Right? right. What better what better time to launch it would be than the day after the premiere, the movie premiere, um, something like that. You know, again. He has said before, I am not waiting um, for the bottom. I, I want to release it as much as anybody else does other than you, <laughs> you know. So, you know, he's he said that I, I think it's close. I think it could be launched. But like you said, it's got to be perfect. If anything happens, if the network pauses, um, he, he, he can't brag about that. He, um, he likes to brag about 100 percent uptime. He likes to brag about flawless security. Things, you know, of that nature are really what what makes him tick. So I think to get it perfect, to time it, even if a little before the movie releases, wouldn't be a bad thing. Let it play out a little bit, then release the movie. Uh, that could be the bottom of our bear market, I, I really think. And then, you know, you might be right into the early 2023. Uh, we could go sideways a bit until it gets a little traction. Um, but this could be a good catalyst for, for the start of our next bull market. I, I really think Pulse Chain launch um, is going to set apart a lot of the um, a lot of the market for, for what true DeFi is. Fake DeFi will get pushed out, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There could be some very scammy things that launch on Pulse Chain. It's oh, an yeah. open market, just like Ethereum. So... Um, you're still going to have to be careful and beware uh, of, of what you're getting yourself into. However, I think it, it could trigger the start of our, our next bull run. Definitely would be awesome. Yeah. If we had like a Bermuda triangle of like the highest of stakes film pulse chain launch and what looks to be the final leg down in the bear market. And it kind of just, you know, we won't know at that time, but I mean, if it, Looks like that in the coming weeks afterwards, that would be awesome. And I will say, and I know you're obviously very familiar with the Ewok, and I'm sure I've seen every single trailer there is. Um, but for anybody who hasn't checked out some of the trailers and stuff for the Highest of Stakes documentary, I mean, it looks really well done. Um, I think it's shot beautifully. It looks really, really good. Um, I, I guess I don't know what it is I expected, but it looks great. I mean, I, I'm really excited to check it out. So, um, Well, keep in mind, these guys have five Emmys. Um, they know what they're doing. Uh, you know, the film is pretty much done. I, I think they're sending it to get the, the music score taken care of now. 
Uh, and that does take some time because it, it, a lot of it is original music done with an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it has to fit perfectly. Um, it's going to be a, a pretty high-level, top-notch film uh, when it's all finished. It's, it's going to be pretty incredible. So I think it's going to blow a lot of people away. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, we, I, we've said this a million times, but just because we're in this bearish trend, um, actually, I shouldn't even say it that way. This is when you should be paying attention to the market more than ever. Um, you know, the tops are certainly interesting, but you don't want to be buying around that time. This and in the coming months, and the rest of 2022, you want to be buying. You know, some of us can um, try to time it a little bit more optimally than than others. Some of us can just DCA with a specific system in mind. But you really should not be leaving the market right now. And you really need to be continuing to pay attention to what is going on. There's a This is generational wealth building time right now. And, um, you know, we're going to be here throughout it. I actually feel like we've had an uptick in our episodes since we've hit this even more bearish trend. And I'm excited to continue talking with Ewok uh, week in and week out for the rest of this year and beyond. But what other anything else you want to touch on before we take off? Or uh, I think we pretty much covered it. Well, yeah, I mean, you you kind of touched on it, too. But not only is the time now to to be dollar cost averaging and being smart with your money, but be patient. Guys, Mm -hmm. don't don't fall for shiny object syndrome because you're bored. This is the worst time to see these scammy repeat of people making a little bit of money and say, oh, they're making some yield now and everything's down. That's pretty good. Uh, I've seen it left and right with a few of our more notable hexagons, um, and they are getting a lot of flack from from the, the, the community right now because they're, they're falling for the, the shiny object syndrome. Um, don't do it. It's not worth it. You're going to get wrecked. You're going to bring everybody else with you. They're going to get wrecked too. And guess what? You're not going to be able to afford Pulse Chain when it launches at those cheap, cheap, life-changing prices. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just be careful. Be smart. Be patient. Go outside. Take a walk. Get away from it. You're not going to miss anything in a day or so. So, yeah. you know, well, hey, as even much today- as you should pay attention, you should also get away from it. I agree with you. And even today, um, I think is a great example. You know, we had the CPI data come out and a lot of these people who are, you know, recognize we were in a bear trend and been waiting for that news to be like, okay, like licking their chops to buy this next leg down. Well, the price pumped for the rest of today. <laughs> I mean, nothing mm-hmm. ridiculous, but I mean, it, you know, it went down to the low 19s and all of a sudden we're back over 20 again. But that said, I- I'm still fairly certain and you should have probabilities in your mind of how this is going to happen but i think we're going to get somewhat significantly lower prices here in the rest of the month so to your point Ewok, yes be patient don't feel like you need to fomo in and think that oh my god the cpi didn't even matter here we're going up again that's that's not how it works it's not going to happen no quickly (laughs) no not at all all right well that is going to wrap us up for this week's episode of the creed of crypto podcast you can follow us on twitter simply at creed of crypto and we will catch you guys next time as we continue throughout this bear market in 2022 on the creed of crypto podcast